let me make a few comments. Uh, so this may not be very coherent, not that that's a bad thing. I don't have in mind the physics multiple worlds model at all. Uh, I think I, Everett's, this is, which you must have come across in your level up human days, uh, I think it's basically nonsense. It's a mathematical model for something that can't possibly be true. Uh, my interest in possible worlds, funnily enough, is exactly what you describe as my brain is compelling me to go down this route, even though I'm not sure why and it's not telling me why. Uh, and that's an example of the iceberg, the invisible bit of the iceberg, the unconscious cognition, telling the conscious visible bit what to do and not explaining itself. So I'm not sure where I'm going with it, but that in a sense gives me a springboard to comment on some of your other things. Second point then is that the 20 mile a day metaphor rather than sporadic inspired bursts that are short or long Yes, I do take the point. It's very much the tortoise and Achilles to get to change the metaphor. Uh, it only works under conditions where, first of all, you're heading in the right direction. Otherwise, you persistently and steadfastly take yourself further and further from the path you might better be going on, always supposing that there is one. And that, of course, is an example of choosing the wrong one of the possible worlds. Uh, so, yes, I absolutely take the point about method, persistence, determination, self-discipline, um, and a measured approach that will eventually get there, exactly as the tortoise does, one foot after the other, no heroics. But, and I'm sure you knew there was a but coming, I think that's potentially quite boring. And I also think that it can be something that manages by its sheer persistence to squeeze out the kind of self-questioning and uncertainty that might tell you you're heading in the wrong direction chum you're working terribly hard at something and this isn't going anywhere that's worth going so i do have a bit of a problem there so point three is yes of course uh you can only decide which direction to go in in advance with any certainty or security if you can identify your true values and then a path that will help you to realize them. But what about the case where those values are emerge along the way? What, what the Latin phrase solvitur ambulando is work it out as you go along. And another idea that you come across uh, or I've come across in Aristotle is the idea that you move with your subject, that you're not a fixed thing that, as you might say, goes on doing things but isn't affected by what you're doing, 
there is a kinetic, a moving quality about real creative activity that you become somebody different as you move along your path. And that relates to the possible worlds thing too because it relates to the question of whether there is such a thing as the essence of you or me. And as I get older, I increasingly abandon or try to abandon that idea. It smells too much of the Greek notion of the soul. And it's one of the things I profoundly disagree with in the Kripke book, Naming and Necessity, that I've been banging on about uh, to my own and your incomprehension. And then the fourth point <clears throat> is about the hedgehog. Um, and, all right, what are you passionate about? Yeah, that ticks my box. What can you be best in the world at? I think that can be a very limiting, depressing, um, de um, dispiriting criterion, because most of us, unless we unmake sense, and I'm coming to, to this, will conclude very early on there isn't anything that we can be best in the world at except and this is the this is the uh, the except except being who i am uniquely suited and fitted out to be and that doesn't mean that i'm already suited and fitted out to be it but that the trajectory that i am currently on and each of us, I'm not talking about me here, but we are each currently on, if we get the majority of the decisions right, and if we absolutely admirably, to use your own phrase, can trust our brains and can get ourselves out of all the corners that we manage to dig ourselves or paint ourselves into, that is the thing we can be best in the world at. We can be best in the world at being ourselves, and there is nothing, there's a caveat, of course, but there is nothing we can be for the world, nothing we can contribute to the world that it is of more value than to be ourselves. It's when the world persuades us to be itself. In other words, when the world tells us what to be and so reshapes us in its image and therefore makes us make sense of our lives the way the world wants us to make sense of our lives, the way the world wants everybody to make sense of their lives. And that sort of institutionalization is catastrophic, not only for us, but for the world as well. And you can see it in all the problems that we've talked about many times before, of people just getting sucked into uh, um, um, a mainstream, um, disaffected, but very predictable kind of social media world or a Twitter world or a woke world or all these things where we come under unimaginable pressure to conform to what the world wants us to be. That, I think, is almost the worst thing in the world. And so, yes... By all means, let's take the can you be best in the world at it. But the only way in which most of us can be best in the world at something is in being ourselves. So we need to apply ourselves very steadfastly and with determination 
and not 20 miles a day, but 24-7, to being just that. And the last thing is the can you monetize it? I don't know that my indifference to that has got much to do with retirement. I think I don't like that criterion. I can entirely see that it's a Silicon Valley criterion. I can see that it is a measure of whether you are doing something <clears throat> that value, that other people value, that makes a difference, that might bring some joy to the world. But I can equally see that it could be the, the kiss of death to many a project that would be worth pursuing just because nobody could see how you could ever monetize it. Um, <clears throat> and and that, that does kind of come back to the possible worlds thing and to the brain thing and to the thinking and believing that our brains, the, the, the invisible bits, do know what we're doing. Because, for example, at the risk of being self-conscious and self-referent in a way that will draw this to a, a rapid close, although that's probably a good thing, I don't know what I'm going to say next until I hear myself saying it. And certainly that's true in all of these voice notes. Uh, and the only thing that can possibly be prompting me to say all this is my unconscious brain. Because if I, I said this before, but let me just repeat it. If I started stopping to think what I'm going to say next before I said it, this would become a very halting conversation. So what is coming out here is a consequence of a stream of consciousness that is cooked up by an unconscious brain on the basis of the last 68, nearly 69 years, uh, for good or ill. I mean, I'm, I make mistakes, don't we all? But I'm going to make my mistakes in my own way because the only way I can be best in the world at anything is by being myself. So I don't like the monetization uh, criterion. I think that there is a third criterion that needs to go in there. And I think it's got something to do with listening to feedback uh, so that you don't plough your own furrow so that you don't do your 20-mile walk, head off into the wilderness, um, full of self-righteousness and, and arrogance and pomposity on the basis of, well, I'm right and everybody else is wrong. So I think that the third hoop in your Venn diagram isn't monetization, but getting feedback from other people, the other, the very other people you were saying the other day you think it's all really about. And in this particular context, getting feedback from you. Uh, and so I don't worry about the monetization. In fact, I reject the monetization. I think that the, the true value of anything, and including your walk the pod thing and level up human, is does it does it produce positive, responsible, interested, uh, approving, and critical, of course, but, a, but positive feedback 
from people whose opinions I think should be taken seriously, which doesn't mean people who agree with me, but just people who are, in whatever sense you want to call it, serious-minded people who are enriching the world and people that it's great to share the world with. And my final point, of course, and I anticipated this a while back, is that I could, under some circumstances, be the best at the best in the world at being an absolute bastard, uh, a tyrannical, monstrous uh, killer, uh, genocider, um, murderer, liar. I could be very good at that too, and there needs to be some mechanism in this whole process that if it doesn't prevent me from being that, that at least gives me some inhibitions about that. And I think that comes also from that third hoop that I would rather have modelled on listening, genuinely listening, hearing what people say, allowing what people say to enter your trajectory uh, allowing yourself not to push ahead with your 20 miles every day, come what may, uh, because you are vulnerable. And that vulnerability can be very painful, but it can also make us much more human. And I think that's what the TED Talk, who's the woman I can never remain, remember, I must look it up, is, is telling us. And I think that, therefore, needs to go in that monetization hoop rather than the monetization that you've mentioned so far. So that would be my unmaking sense for today. I think that's the wrong criterion to use to try to make sense of anything. I think there's a much better one, which is the one I've just described. I will produce a slightly longer and more thought-through response. My only comment, I think, is that the I agree there must be a measure of success. I'm not sure that I agree that it must be immediate. And I think that there are plenty of examples in human history of people who have persisted with an idea either in the face of opposition or more usually in an atmosphere of almost complete silence, not to say indifference, uh, who have been spurred on by the belief that what they were doing would in the end prove to be right and would in the end be accepted. And although it takes a mixture of determination and sheer cussed arrogance to have that uh, mentality and although I think that's both rare and probably fortunately rare because the sort of pig-headedness that's involved can be quite um, uh, disagreeable I don't think it should be ruled out and I think if you look for example back at the origins of, of of the Apple story there's quite a lot of evidence that Steve Jobs had to deal with that and certainly the story about Newton's Principia being a bundle of papers that the astronomer Hawley 
kicked his foot against under a table and Newton said, oh, it's nothing, it's just a little something I've been working on, unless it's apocryphal. It gives some idea of the fact that there are such things as weird eccentrics who just plough their own furrow in almost complete isolation and in almost complete silence. But I agree that for most of us mortals, feedback of some sort uh, is absolutely necessary.